It's time for the Rich Life Retirement Show, brought to you by retirement professional and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, Bo Henderson. This is the one place committed to helping you navigate all aspects of a successful, meaningful, and fulfilling retirement. Let's get started. Here's Bo Henderson and Bill Maine. Ready to move into your Sunday afternoon with some great information coming your way, as always, on Rich Life Retirement. Bill Maine with you, and of course, the man who answers the question, Bo Henderson. Bo, hope you're doing well today. I'm doing great, Bill. Glad to be here. Good to have you here, and I know that you've been out and about. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but I want to preview things for folks. On today's show, how many years of retirement will your nest egg pay for? Believe it or not, some people think they have the answer to that question, but... They're wrong. Womp womp. Uh, Is it time to start preparing for another recession? And how do you think your retirement plan would compare to that of your parents? But before we go there, as promised, let's take a look and see where Bo is going to be going in the near future and where you can get some great advice first uh, hand. So we ventured, Bill. We are all the way down, way down in Gwinnett County here in November. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And our next workshops coming up are going to be right here at the Gainesville Civic Center. Oh, good. So close for us, close for everybody in town. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be Tuesday, December 1st, and Thursday, December 3rd at 6.30 p.m. We're going to be talking about retirement taxes, which you need to know for 2021. Of course, more Social Security. There's going to be new rules and updates. As always. Raise that retirement IQ. So, again, that's Tuesday, 12-1, and Thursday, 12-3, December 3rd, 6.30 p.m. at the Civic Center or Friday the 5th. So we're going to do three three days that week. Okay, very good. And uh, easy to get to get signed up and be able to be there, right? Yeah, go to richlifeadvisors.com and there'll be an event page there and you can just register for the event and go ahead and grab a seat. I'm very good. Oh, by the way, you just mentioned something uh, before we get to, to the meat of the show today. Uh, you just mentioned, you know, some changes in Social Security and some of the rules and regs. It must be a nonstop study class for you because they continue to change them. And you mentioned over 500 ways to file for it. Uh, is this something, do you, I mean, you often in classes, do you have to keep rereading the regs? What do you do? Yeah, you know, I do spend a fair amount of time training, updating. Uh, the good thing is job security, because there's always <laughs> things I need to know to share with people that they need to know exactly. to successfully do the, these things. Uh, but yeah, it, it is because the rules, something changes yearly, and some years it changes significantly. So we do want to stay on top of that. And that's really, especially with everything we're in right now. The best thing we can do is know the rules we're dealing with and then react accordingly. There you go. And the, the man who is, if he's, if he's not with us, he's, uh, he's helping somebody or he's got his nose in a book trying to figure out what Social Security is doing these days. All right. So let's jump right into this. Fox Business is citing a survey that shows a majority of Americans believe that the outcome of the election is going to hurt them financially. Now, before you start thinking which side said that, surprisingly, people from both major political parties feel that way. Here's something we agree on, right? Democrats and Republicans. It was right around 60% are concerned about their retirement and how how it's going to be affected by the election. And I think the the elephant in the room, and we talk about it almost every week, is everybody really, they realize the debt this country has. Yes, absolutely. It is tremendous. The debt we're taking on, what was it, $3 trillion this year? Mm -hmm. That's just added on. Right, on top of, you know, and that was quadruple uh, the normal deficit we run Mm -hmm. just this year dealing with COVID and everything. I think everybody realizes the bill's going to come due at some point. So they know in a lot of cases they're worried about taxes. We're worried about, okay, how do we deal with taxes? Um, I know that it it could potentially have a negative impact on me. So there's some fear around that. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of this um, concern. And then there's also, it's funny, the 60% rule. 60% of the people in the same survey said they're still worried. and, And there's a lot of uncertainty and fear around retirement because they're worried. I don't know still what COVID's going to do. I don't know if we're going to have another big 
uh, round, a worse round, or if it's going to drag on for two years. So, so a lot of I don't think any no no one knows that. Now, some case. people will tell you they do, but they don't. Right. So I think that's what's coming on. Just what we've been through this year, knowing that we're going to have to pay the tax bill in the future. There's just still some uncertainty about that. And again. We got to know the rules we're dealing with, and we got to we got to prepare for it the best we can. Okay. Well, along the same lines, regardless of how anybody feels about the election results and the the situation that's underway right now, there's a good chance that our taxes will go up in 2021. IRA expert Ed Slot tells Yahoo Finance that it's up to you to decide how much. And while that sounds good, I'm not really sure how I can take control of my tax rate. Yeah, but it'd be nice, right, if it's just circle. How much tax would you like to pay? Zero percent, ten, forty. Now what what Ed's talking about, and Ed's a good friend of the show actually. Um, we could probably have some excerpts. He's one of the top uh, in, in educating about taxes and IRAs and distributions and things like that. Uh, but what he's talking about is if we know so it's kinda like solving a puzzle, right? We know Taxes are going to almost certainly going to be higher in the future, so that can affect where we save our money today. Right? We could continue to, to beef up four hundred one ks and IRAs, but knowing in those vehicles, if taxes are higher, there's going to be a, t- a higher bill due in the future. So, really, what he's getting to, if we really know we're looking at this economy, maybe we need to be looking at after tax investments. Maybe we need to be really beefing up and converting into those Roth Roth accounts, Roth mm-hmm. IRAs, yeah. and better preparing ourselves for a future scenario with higher taxes yeah because you know one thing you don't want to see when you get in that vehicle is a car seat in the back for uncle sam to ride along that's right there's nothing worse i (laughs) i I use the scenario we don't want to get to retirement with a million dollars in a 401k and then realize 60 percent of it's going to be due to the federal government yeah to help uncle sam with his retirement right right i'd rather i'd rather that come to my family yeah and yeah and and i always i just throw in something here i always get a little miffed when you know if I'm resp- if I'm handling my finances responsibly, why should I pay for the government not handling theirs responsibly? Right, kind of kind of gets a little under your skin, but we'll take a step right. back, take and, a deep breath, and you're almost penalized. Uh, here's the other thing that's frustrating: you're almost penalized for doing well. So, yeah. okay, I saved well over my life. Mm-hmm. I've accumulated a large nest egg. Now the government's saying, "Okay, congratulations, you did well. Now let let me have our part." Exactly. All yeah. Right. Why did you do this? Thank the you very you much. Did, the bigger part we're going to take. Absolutely, and that's that's where it gets under my skin. I mean, but. I know. I'm gonna step back. It's a soapbox. But but you do you do mention in in that that there are a lot of different ways to go and a lot of the, your strategy changes depending on where you are in your life and right. depending on you know what you're doing as far as the taxes are concerned. You mentioned three or four things right there that are interesting, but people probably go, okay, I've heard of those vehicles, but I'm not sure how they work. A, a phone call to you guys at Rich Life Advisors. Right. Get the definitions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. L- look at what we talk about when we talk about a full holistic retirement strategy, all the components that it takes to, to integrate together. Uh, find out about that at richlifeadvisors.com. And if that's something you say, you know what, some of these things that we talk about here, we need to address. Give me a call at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. And we can at least uh, get the ball rolling and say, okay, maybe maybe these are a couple items I need to add to my checklist for 2021 or first quarter next year. And proactive, let's move because the, the biggest enemy, Bill, is that we just wait. If we do a little bit every year as we go, you're going to be it, it's so much more proactive than waiting till something happens to us and then we're trying to address it. Yeah. Time neglected is a thief to everyone. They, so oh, you have to watch out. Is that, a, is that a quote of yours? No, I just kind of came up with that. I don't I know like, if somebody said we, that or not. We need to know. put quotations. I like that one. That sounded <laughs> Get good. Get the T-shirts. That's Get right. the T-shirts. This is Rich Life Retirement. Bill Main with you. And, of course, Bo Henderson here answering the questions. And, Bo, I've got one for you. It's a kind of a chicken or egg question, and I think you're going to like this. MarketWatch says three-fourths of all investors 
manage their own finances. But when you narrow it down to just wealthy investors, two-thirds of them use a financial advisor. So here's the question. Do the wealthy use an advisor because they are wealthy, mm-hmm. or did the advisor help them become wealthy? Which Ooh, one? Ooh, ch- I like that. Yeah. I see where right. that chicken you know, that turned that around on you. So uh, as, we're, as you're talking about what the wealthy do, a lot of times what I find is that they, they treat things a little different um, than, than a lot of people in that they don't try to do everything themselves, and they build teams, meaning I, I became very well aware that I cannot be the top expert in 20 areas of retirement. I need to start building those people around me so that when we're out there doing this, um, we can provide a better whole 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 model. And it's the same with retirement is, you know, hey, you might be doing radio for, for your career. You might be working in the corporate world for your career. It's very unlikely, like you, you brought up earlier, you're probably not spending 20 hours a month studying Social Security changes. No, I, no right? I'm not. Right. So but it's the only time I see that is when I look at my paycheck and go, what? Right. Yeah. So, But the key is, now here's the key, and I don't want to oversimplify it. The key is that you're adding good people to your team. Good people that are actually giving you results, and if and if you're paying somebody a fee, it needs to be justified in the actual results. Now, what sure. happens, and this is kind of the funny part with this, is what an advisor helps, and, and working with an advisor, and this is across the board, uh, people get better results than they do on their own, and most of that is by investor behavior. It's sometimes an advisor's role in a lot of cases is just to help you from hurting yourself and doing things um, behaviorally that aren't helping you. Like selling when things are scary. Yeah, don't not don't react. Yeah, you know, right. don't don't let your knee hit the bottom of the desk just because you did a, a reaction. Right, oh. and and what happens if you look and there's research that comes out by by a Dalbar, they do a study is that the average person that does it themselves, they're getting about a third of the return of just the overall average market. So they're kind of messing themselves up, and yeah. a lot of times that's behavior. So it seems a little different because people want to focus on hey, the allocation, the returns on your investments. But a lot of times the advisor's role is to also be kind of that coach and, and keeping your behavior on track to not mess yourself up. Well, and that's where you, you, you've you mentioned before, that's why you do the modeling. Right. And when things change, you've got two or three models to choose from and you go, okay, well, the situation that we're in right now, model A is what we're using, but we're seeing that it's changing to what we modeled in B. We need to go ahead and start shifting. Right. Not to react emotionally and make the wrong decision. Right. We and, react mathematically yeah we, we build mathematically and then like we said on the on the behavior side we try to uh keep the good behaviors and prevent ourselves from doing the things that hurt us yeah, yeah so. the, the math will show the path as that's you it. like to say that's i it. like that's that's one that works each and every time all right so now it's going to go to the way back machine you ready yeah right. we're going to look back at our childhoods okay <laughs> uh but a lot of us would agree that our parents had a harder life than we've had uh, my dad grew up working on a farm as a kid and then tried to farm as an adult and went into law enforcement after that. And you know, a lot of hard work. Dad hard working, did. Yeah, right. sure did. Yeah. But the the Money Talks news website is arguing that our parents had an easier retirement than we'll probably have. And I'm not quite sure what they mean by that. What, what do they mean? And, and do you think that's true? Yeah. You know, I think you hit something. I that that the generation my dad you talked about your dad i think they're some of the hardest working generation so i don't know yeah. if it was a necessarily an easier life i think some of the things uh when we talk about easier retirement one thing that was easier just a generation much less two generations ago they weren't living much past 65 so you work till 60 65 and not that the retirement's great but you're not there to run out of money either, right you're, you're right? there five six eight years and you know and that's one of the biggest issues we run in today that, that causes people problems that we're underestimating the longevity that's the reality of where we are today and running out of of money right. 10 15 years too soon mm-hmm. so our, you know a generation or two back it wasn't necessarily dealing with that 
another thing that I found going back is that it was a little more of just a natural um, way people did things and that they were better savers. Uh, so if they saved money, they did get to retirement and had some time to enjoy. Uh, a lot of times they had money banked to do that. And one of the issues, again, today we run into is not only are we underestimating how long we need to fund retirement, but we're not saving as much as we need to. And that's kind of a double whammy. So in that case, you know, our parents, there's a good chance they got to retirement with, with a true nest egg and maybe even a pension, which yeah, helps things yeah. out. Uh, so, yeah, I can see that. And I see also the um, the idea of Social Security was still very, very much uh, fully funded and dependable that you weren't having to worry. And there question. weren't as many hands in that cookie jar for other things. And right. it, just a quick aside, if they had left it that way, I think we'd be in a heck of a lot better situation than we are right now. Right. Well, and one other thing, and you think about the environment, it causes all kinds of problems. Of Our interest rates are so low. True. That a, that a generation back, interest rates were higher. Their savings, they were able to, I mean, you could put money. There's been periods where we could put money in the bank, uh, in the savings account of the bank, get 5%. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you say that today and people are going to say, you mean 0.05%? <laughs> no, no, no. So I, so, I have one of those. <laughs> right, right. So, so if you're dealing with, with higher interest rates, they're able to make their savings go a little further. So I can see the point. Yeah, maybe they didn't have some of the challenges we have today. But again, it's just awareness. If we, we need to identify what the challenges we are facing today and What's your plan for it? Yeah, and, and going back to that whole saving thing, now my, my parents were born in the early part of uh, the 1900s, so they went through the Depression as, as mm-hmm. well as a World War, and uh, we saved everything growing up. Right. I mean, margarine containers, Tupperware, that was a luxury. That's right. You, you, you had the margarine, finished the margarine, saved the container. Now you got a bowl or yeah, a container. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I, I've eaten a lot of cereal out of a margarine bowl. Okay? That, <laughs> well, well, I'm interested, uh, curious about that. Did, uh, did your parents... Were they okay spending money in retirement? Because what I find in, in a lot of that Depression era is um, because they saved everything and, you know, a lot of that was hardwired because they didn't want to go through some of the things they've seen right. is they, they – had, I've had scenarios where it's very hard to actually get them to actually use money they can afford to use. Uh, not when my dad was alive, no. Okay. When, when, when dad passed and mom was on her own, more so. Right. More so. But she, you know, she – she never went hungry. She didn't laugh right. for anything. But yeah. no, yeah, there were there were those times when they would splurge for sure. Good, yeah, I like that. yeah, because yeah, I, I think Dad was like, "Well, not how much longer I'm going to be here, That's by right. I saved it. Let's go do it." Uh, okay, so uh, since the recession hit in the first quarter of this year, uh, we've had a pretty nice recovery action in the stock market. A lot of folks have been surprised by that. Morningstar's Ben Johnson asked if this might be a good time to revisit our portfolio risk. So. Is he suggesting it might be time to get rid of some of our stocks when he talks about reviewing that risk? Mm-hmm. Uh, is he saying that alternatives are not so great? I mean, it, it kind of opens up a can of worms there. So what do we when we say review that? Right. What are we looking to do? Well, do you remember if you were to and it's kind of a, almost a, a meme. It's been said so much. But the, the first tenet of investment investing uh, you're going to hear it. It's you should buy low and sell. Hi. Sell high, that's right. right? right? So knowing that we're Isn't that a, all you need to know? That's it. That's it. But but doing it's another another uh, a whole other level. Yeah. Uh, so knowing that we're at a market high, it's possible that it's a good time to lock in some gains. But then we get back to what is your situation and where we may lock in gains is do we need money in the near future? And by near future, I mean, next five to 10 years that we're going to need to count on for retirement income. If so, right now might be a great time to, to chop off some of those gains and secure them a little a little more. um in a little more stable environment mm-hmm. so that we know, even if we had a 30%, 40% correction, heaven forbid, 
um, that we've, we, we brought off our chunk of our gain is going to be there and dependable so that our retirement plan is still viable. Yeah, put it on the sidelines, so to speak. Like, if you want to use a football analogy, that's your reserve. Right, You're, right. And, and you, know, you can bring in your subs. Well, so and, and it's funny. There's a, in the money cycle of life, so to speak, what happens is you have accumulation, you have accumulation, and then you have distribution. So we accumulate assets. One day we start working, we start distributing them. What most people miss in the money cycle, uh, it's not just those two items. There needs to be a third item in the middle, and that's preservation. So we need to accumulate assets, and then we need to start working to preserve a certain amount of assets for that income when we're most vulnerable to market returns, interest rate risk right now. And then that becomes part of our distribution plan. So that's the big thing we're talking about is peeling off some gains and actually building some of that preservation in the money cycle so that we can count on that paycheck. And, hey, the market going, uh, you know, that's completely outside of our control. No, you can't. Yeah. But if it goes if it goes crazy and drops significantly, that doesn't mean we're having the conversation, well, that plan to retire next year, let's make it three years later. Right. right. We're starting to plan with a little more certainty. Yeah, you, you've done something to sort of – to kind of keep yourself on track so if something bad comes, you can weather that storm and, right. and still be able to get where you need to be. Uh, okay, so uh, speaking along those lines, nearly three out of four people, 72% to you and I, uh, surveyed by AARP are worried that another recession will wipe out the retirement savings. Short of burying the money in a coffee can or in that uh, margarine container that my mom used to save in the backyard. So you're talking about preserving and protecting. How do, how do we do that? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the burying the coffee can because there's a story that my grandfather actually buried one and we never found it. Oh, no. <laughs> if you have an idea where it's close to, I'm up so, for a treasure hunt. Somewhere over in coming. Right? Okay, well, so, so. you get the metal detector and I'll come with a shovel. Well, it goes back and this this brings it so so that there's fear of the, the recession. Again, we're at market highs. Usually when things are high uh, and there's not a lot of room to go higher, guess where they go next? Down. They kind of yeah. go back to a median or kind of pull back down. It's the sine wave. So, it's got to right. go up and down. Right. So if we know that that's... We know it's going to happen. We just don't know exactly when. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what we can do, and, and it's the same conversation. It seems like all things point back to this conversation: is is our strategy set up for our our plan, our retirement, our goals to work, knowing the market's going to go down in the future and probably the near future. And so it goes back to: what do I need for for liquid assets? What do I need for my income plan? Meaning, what needs to fill in any gaps I have from maybe Social Security if you have pensions. What kind of income do I need to have available, and how is that positioned? And then what do I have available for long-term growth, legacy planning, and things like that later? So it always goes back to the strategy. And when I talk about all those components, Bill, every single time, if I sit down with 20 households this month, it's 20 different scenarios because everybody has different goals, expenses, assets, so many variables to consider. Well, and and you mentioned the, the fact that, as you say, one size does not fit all, but it also shows that, look, if you're worried about your entire retirement being wiped out, mm-hmm. if you've only got it in one vehicle, you're more vulnerable. Right. You've got to have it spread in other things. As you mentioned, it's that preservation in the middle to kind of put a wall around it. And I would think that along with that, to uh, to, to kind of stave off changes in the market, right. uh, you'd, you'd be able to put it in something like, like Roth or something like that, where because you know the tax structure is going to change right. something that gives you the tax pay up front so you have the advantage coming out where you're not paying the taxes there because that will go up well, yeah, the, the taxes I mean, that's, that's the yin and the yang it's both right. ends. It, it's gonna it's gonna flex and you brought up something good there that successful retirement planning it's not about necessarily we're talking about buckets and things but it's really managing timelines it's how do i need to manage this immediate future how do i need to manage the first 10 years and then how do i need to manage the long term so if we can get our head kind of shifted uh, a little bit of a mind shift that Really, all this bucket planning, the things you were talking about, we're making sure we're appropriate, 
per- appropriately set up for different phases in your timeline of your future. Yeah, and and and, and your your stage of life because things will change with that too. Kids out of the house, uh, maybe heaven forbid, there's a divorce or something. Yeah, things mm-hmm. are going to change along those lines. Okay, so along that, before we get out of here, the question that everybody seems to want to ask, and I'm included in that, and some people say they have the answer to it. Suppose you didn't have enough money for a comfortable retirement. Would you rather know now or be okay to find out after you've left the job? About half the retirees surveyed by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau were forced to make big spending cuts within five years of retiring. Ouch. Well, wait a minute. Uh, so how do we make sure now that we don't do that then? Right. So, you know, this this is fascinating because I just the conversations I'm having day in and day out, that's not a fun position to be in to find out in the moment or after the fact, because there's no time to adjust. There's no time to, to do anything different. So, uh, you know, sometimes I call it the ostrich with your head in the sand technique. A lot of times we approach finances in the future and retirement like that, but it's very reactive and it's very passive. Uh, so I would much rather know five years out, maybe even 10 years out so that if my goal to retire at 66, um, is not going to work unless I do certain things or it really needs to be 67 or 68, I've been planning for that. I know that's what I, and, and it's a lot easier to accept than thinking you're going to do one thing, get there and being surprised. Have you ever had that conversation with someone who's, who's hit that where they've come back to you, maybe they've retired a couple of years and mm-hmm. you're having this review that I know that you guys do periodically and you've had to say, well, this is the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, part of my job is to have hard conversations sometimes. And sometimes it's, you know what? We, we've talked about that. We might have to unretire. We might not have to go back to your career, but we're going to probably have to do some part-time work for the next two or three years until we can max out one of your social securities to make this really viable. So sometimes we have to cover But I would rather know that five years oh, yeah. earlier yeah. than us address it once it happens to us because it's just such a, such a again, it's a passive way to, to, to react and you have less options when you get in that situation. What is it like when, when you have to have that conversation with someone? I mean, I'm sure it, it varies. I mean, with me, I would be a bit disappointed, but I wouldn't take it out on you. But right. what, what, what do you get reactions from folks? What I find, Bill, usually people kind of know. They kind of already know, you know what, this isn't working. Huh. Um, something's going to have to change. And when we can put some clarity around, okay, what's the plan to address this? It actually is a relief. Even if it's okay, if I can define, if we need to earn, work part-time for the next two years earning $1,000 a month, that definition and clarity, I think, relieves people that they can see a path. Well, they, they see that they're not stuck there forever, that they can move forward. That they and, and it, that's, it all comes down to good planning. And sometimes even when you plan that way, as you mentioned earlier, the markets can deal you, uh, you know, a bad hand. Right. It's a curveball. Yeah. So, so it's proactive. It's, it's ongoing. It's not set it and forget it. Let's set up a, a retirement plan and, and just let it roll for 30 years. Every year it needs to be adjusted, tweaked, updates what's life really happening, how are the accounts and the buckets actually um, staying ratio up. Uh, allocated how they're working with each right, other yeah, right. sure. and then how do we adjust for the next 12 months we mentioned something earlier about how retirement you know for our parents the previous generation might have been a little easier even though the work might have been a little harder um what do you see in the next 10 20 years how, how, how do you i mean can you project out how do you feel things are going to change because if they stay on the same curve that they've been on yeah well i see i see we're running into the same issues of we're going to keep living longer and that's longer we have to fund. So I think you're going to see a trend of things pushing back of where, and people are going to sigh when I say this. I think before long, uh, not well, not far into the future, we'll see people working till 70. It's more the, the retirement age because mm-hmm. we realize, hey, we might have 20, 30 years on the back end of that. Uh, my goal, if I have it my way, the things you hear us talking about, if enough awareness is raised, we'll see a trend of people actually more proactively 
um, taking retirement seriously as, hey, I'm responsible for my future, my retirement. I'm going to learn the things I need to know to have the strategy set up to do the best I can for me and my family. If we have more of that attitude, those are the people that navigate it well. You need the math to show the path. And if you want somebody who can run that math to show you the path, we're talking to him right now, Bo Henderson. Before we wrap up, how do folks get in touch with Rich Life Advisors? Yeah, if you have questions or you're thinking along those lines, you know what? That retirement strategy sounds like what we need to do or what I need to do. Uh, go to richlifeadvisors.com and there's kind of we, we kind of lay out the methodology and how we work with clients there. Or give me a call with specific questions, even if it's something you'd like to hear me and me and Bill talk about right here on the show at 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Enjoyed it as always, Bo. Enjoy the rest of the day. Had fun, Bill. See ya. If you have specific retirement questions or would like to know more about Rich Life Advisors, go to richlifeadvisors.com or call 770-249-7424. That's 770-249-RICH. Rich Life Advisors LLC provides investment advisory services through Formula Folios. Bo Henderson is a licensed insurance agent in Georgia.